0: Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go. <laughs> The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of an egalitarian Linux platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which Everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of the amount of developers, and prospective sales. Well, if you have a game and it is good, then give it time and it will thrive. And you won't be that. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course. Features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals. uh, The best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of. It it must must run on Linux and it it must must be be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some alamofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you uh, ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, which is... Welcome to episode number 424 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you late on this Sunday, the 11th of December, 2022. 1946 or nineteen forty-six hundred hours. That would make it uh, 746 p.m. Left Coast, Coast for the Most. Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina Wapau over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign. That's a good idea, Ivor. Hi, Ben. Yeah? Good? Good, because you're fired. Hope that makes for a have yourself a merry little Christmas. But the whiskey sign was a good idea, Ivor. Mmm. Put yourself down for an extra case of spam and expired cranberry sauce. Yes, that's right. So, we have a lot to get through this week. Big show this week. Um, get the fuck out of here. Quit looking at me like that. Let's get straight to our top stories. Don't fucking... God damn it. You would think that being a zombie would have made him a lot quieter and less... Uh, what's the word? He's, he's very quick with that fucking Sharpie on that, on that uh, booth window. Which actually now looks, and he's gotten very good for a zombie at being able to write backwards. Anyway, mirror writing. Put that on your on your new uh, CV, Ivor, because you're gonna need it where you're going. Uh, okay, so top stories. Still off my meds. Marauders is still broken. Um, so that's great. Those two things are just fucking awesome. They're really great. Those two things are, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Um, we are changing, I know I said that this week we were going to do our Game of the Year awards, but I didn't realize that the Steam Game of the Year awards were going to be such a topic for us this year. Because normally, like you know, we just talk about general impressions, and then also we got shit slammed by a bunch of new fucking games, all of which we have to talk about. So next week will be our game of the year awards, which is coming really close. I think next it's I was like, oh man, it's getting really close. Um so next week will be our game of the year awards. And then who knows if we'll even be around. Also in our new and noteworthy also in our top stories, sorry um, they, a scientists I just saw on my phone right before sitting down to record this that scientists are that American scientists are evidently or the Department of Energy is evidently going to announce on Tuesday that they've broken the first law of thermodynamics they have created a nuclear fusion system that produces more energy than is input into it and if that's true that's unbelievably huge Um, we'll see what the details are but I mean think about it it's been like oh and Brittany Griner got released uh, this week too, but um, but think about it. Like it's been so long since we've had really pure good news, and we'll see how 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 good the news is on Tuesday when they do the press conference. But I mean, that, more energy out than input. That has the potential to change everything more or less we'll see so we got a lot of new games to talk about uh and of course our feature this week is going to be what we're calling steam a what it's just our thoughts on the steam awards this year which were very exceptional both good and bad um in a lot of ways, and um, we're going to talk about that in a ranty, drunken, insane pseudo-form that, uh, you know, you've come to know and love and cherish, as we've come to know and love and cherish, you, listeners, you come to us for that kind of insightful, um, insane, ranty, boozy diatribe, yes. Yes. I know. It begins. So let's start with our new and noteworthy base... Whoa! I never... <laughs> so yeah, we'll start with our new and noteworthy Ivor based him with it. Where's my mouse cursor? God damn it! I was a North American fall when in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, so our new and noteworthy, we have a ton of fucking awesome new and noteworthy games. One of which is actually on super duper sale. Another of which is free. And then uh oh man, this is a this is a this is the best crop of new and noteworthy that we've had in maybe the whole fucking year. Hmm. Cause individually like certain titles come out and they're like they make a big splash and they're really important and really good, like when uh Spider Man remastered came out this year for Linux um or when Ragnar Or, or uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that later um but I, I, I can't remember in recent memory this year I'd have to go back through the actual show notes Ivor you're fired He should have done that uh, to find a single week where we had this good a batch of new and old release so first off is Assassin's Creed Valhalla which I bought and I've been playing. I've only played it a little bit. I've only played like 3 hours of it. I've never played any of the other Assassin's Creed games because I, ne- I never had a platform that could play them. Um, they were not available for PC. They were you know, you know the deal. So this is my first Assassin's Creed game. It is an open world it's like Red Dead Redemption meets North mythology. Did they say North or Norse? Norse mythology. um, And actual historical context with just the coolest mythological shit inside of it. Like you can use Hunan or Mugen, or I always get them confused. Instead of having a UAV to like detect your enemies or whatever to like, you know, fly over the land and do reconnaissance, you send a raven and you can fly as the raven and you can set down markers as the raven. Then you can like get to... Um, a high point, and it'll reconcile all all the things the Raven has seen, and incorporate them into your map. It's a completely open world. You eventually get a long ship. The opening cinema of this game is so cool. In fact, it's unfair to call it an opening cinema. It's actually um... Just an interactive introduction that is so well put together that you feel like you're literally playing a cinema sequence. Um, and then after all of that happens, you're. and by the way, Ivor, yeah, you should have not pissed me off this week because your name is Ivor in this game. But one of the cool things is evidently in Assassin's Creed, it's like you're playing a simulation or something. Well, the simulation breaks right after, like, the whole introductory um, play sequence and then a real cinema happens that's, like, really cool. And you get three options because the simulation breaks and I, I I have no idea what the If this is, like, how all the... My friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy White, says that um, the other Assassin's Creed games follow a similar pattern, like, where you're not actually in the time period that they're showing, it's like you're training yourself to, I don't know, I don't give a fuck this game is awesome, it's Red Dead Redemption In a open world Red Dead Redemption yeah, it's a sequel to Red Dead Revolve, it's Red Dead Red Dead Redemption Online, whatever the fuck so the simulation breaks and this controller starts talking to you and is like do you want the simulation to pick your sex or do you want to pick your own sex and you can pick, you know, male let the simulation choose for you or female and I let the simulation choose for me and it picked female so Ivor grows up to be a female and then the game starts and, and it is fucking rad Um it's, it's, it's like I said, it's an open world looter shooter. Not looter shooter. Although you do have a bow and arrow. It's also heavily stealth. Not heavily, but there's a big stealth component. Big climbing component. The range of movements and animations that you can do as Ivor, or Evor, But I call her Ivor. You say Evor, and I say Ivor. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off! Um... The combat animations are brutal and awesome. The game ran out of the box, even though it, it does install Ubisoft's, like, you know, uh, Hypervisor, Overwatch fucking thing. Which doesn't get in the way anywhere near as much as it used to. And this time, if you've ever done it before, you don't have to, like, fucking... Set it up with your credentials, it just pulls them from your Steam account and matches them, and then it, it all in the background does it all seamlessly fucking rad. So, you know, bam! You know, we're playing the game like a first class citizen, like we always dreamed of. But uh, all the play mechanics are really cool, the anime, the graphics are really good, and the combat is um, it's okay, it's it's pretty. Pretty okay. But I, I just really like the ability to get into the longboat and raise sail and go wherever the fuck you want. You find a you know enemy camp, you can raid it. And then all you and all your men go off and fucking raid this enemy camp and you kill everybody and it you loot, and it's it's super fun. Right now, through January 5th. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is 67% off. It came out this week on Steam. 67% off at $19.80 through January 5th. Up next, a game that costs nothing. And as friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise intimated via text message, oh, that's the game of the year. Oh, a serious candidate for game of the year. It's called has a very modest and reserved title called Fuck Hitler. It's free. It is in the grand tradition of Falling Girl and other ragdoll physics sandbox of games where you abuse a ragdoll uh, creature. In this case, happens to be Hitler. Um, and you fuck him up. And one of my favorite moments in Fuck Hitler so far, I only played it for like 10 minutes or whatever, I just like learning the controls. It's not that robust uh, thing, but everyone please, if you hear this, go fucking download Fuck Hitler. It is free. It's 100% free. Um, And also, if you disagree with that sentiment of Fuck Hitler, then you need to stop listening to this fucking podcast, asshole. And you need to go fuck yourself while throwing yourself off of a cliff into a chainsaw, a giant bandsaw, actually a giant, a giant table saw is what you need, and you can do those things with Hitler. But I fell in love with Fuck Hitler the second you know it said hello. I was like, Oh, someone loves me. Fuck Hitler is free, um, but I really fell in love with it once I was in the game. It runs out of the box too. When I realized that there's a dedicated button, it's called uh PP juice P P juice and it's dedicated. It's a dedicated button, PP juice where you can piss on Hitler. Oh, it's beautiful. It is glorious. Download fuck Hitler now, please, if only as a favor to me. Because yeah at last, after all these fucking vicious, nasty games about fucking killing everyone at the border, all this fucking MAGA fucking bullshit from the last fucking... I mean, there have been a long series of games, and we, I've done my best to not talk about them on this podcast, because they're depressing, and they're horrible, and I don't want to give them any uh, what do you call it, um... I don't want to give them any airtime. I don't want to give them any you know I mean we're a small community but I don't want to give those fucking you know you'll run across them and they'll darken your day as they did mine you know but this game this game's awesome it's not the greatest game but it, like seriously just as a show of solidarity go download fuck Hitler um, next we have a big budget title from the same guys who made uh Lo Wang um which was Samurai Warrior reboot and two and three uh was that why can't I remember the fucking no it wasn't no it's not Samurai Warrior uh fuck Ivor you're fired oh this is gonna me out of my fucking mind the same, it's not Shadow, it's not sh- Shadow, Shadow Warrior, Shadow Warrior Shadow Warrior, the reboot, Shadow Warrior 2 and Shadow Warrior 3, which I never actually got to play enough of, that came out sometime earlier this year Shadow Warrior 3, the third installment of the Low Wang saga, but it's Flying Wild Hog Games, they made sh- all the Shadow Warrior reboots um game is called Evil West And it is a weird third-person, vampiric, like, blood west, like, um, a bunch of other, like, weird west, evil west, which, Jesus Christ, there's too many fucking games with west in them. It is just a mindless destroy-all mutant zombie enemy stuff with... Great graphics. I've had some performance problems with it, um, but it's not, like, a shooter. It's a third person, um, kind of pseudo beat-em-up, where like, you use the environment and so far, I've only played, like, you know, how, oh, shit. I only played, like, not two, probably played, like, two hours of it, uh, last night. It's fifty bucks. I played it for an hour. It's very, very pretty. It has one of the coolest like opening—not um, cinemas, but just like when when the like uh, you know main screen turn on sequence happens. It starts with. A zoom in close up of your character's fist. He's like a vampire hunter. He's like a demonic hunter kind of guy, and he's got a bunch of demonic hunter friends and shit. And then you guys blow up a train, and and you kill a lot of vampires and shit with your fists mainly. And so like there are all these relatively cool combos and you have all these cool like equipment things like on your fist that are just like really neat if you're I've been doing a lot of scale modeling lately and um, the shit that they've crammed into into your main character is just fucking cool to see but it is expensive so I, we'll have to see if I ever revisit it if I ever revisit it Um, I'll let you know. Uh, but 50 bucks is a lot of money and I haven't looked at what other people have said, but I, I, I I like it quite a bit, but it's not, it doesn't exactly pump my, pump, pump my nads because I don't have a gun yet and I'm like an hour into the game and I'm just beating up all these insane creatures and throwing them into spike walls and shit. The creature design is also kind of cool, and the graphics, like I said, are just, wow, they're knock your eyeballs out. Pretty. It's not a lot of deep thinking in this game. It doesn't seem like... Uh, which is kind of a drawback for me, because, you know, I, I don't... I, I really want to play something with, you know, some depth. Like, I, like I, I'm a big fan of action RPG games where even if the action is repetitive, even if it's just like a hack and slash, like Diablo, uh, Diablo or Diablo 3, um, I like the ability to upgrade my performance, you know, via gear and via customizing gear, and also via having a separate skill tree of shit that I can upgrade and, you know, blah, 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 based on, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I like a deeper game experience because that really, I've Really, a dick. I get really addicted. I get, I get a lot of dick. What? No. I get, um, I get. That really gets me addicted to the game, draws me into the game. Um, but the carnage is spectacular and the graphics are nuts. So that's Evil West, fifty bucks. Speaking of a deeper game, so it was like two or three years ago that my buddy, friend of the show, Captain Ford mentioned to me, Captain Ford, for those of you who don't remember Captain Ford, Captain Ford is the mad, evil genius, the greatest that I've ever seen, um, Factorio player, he's also just a general genius at large, uh, that's why he's one of my friends. Um, you know, slightly egomani- egomaniacal, but he's, he's a good guy, and he's always got, uh, good picks, he's the guy who clued me into Factorio back in the day. And Factorio, if you've not played Factorio, you need to go fucking get Factorio. I don't care if you like those type of games. There's never really been a game like Fact. Oh, wait. There was one once. So, Captain Ford, about three years ago, told me about this game that he used to play on Windows called Dwarf Fortress. And so I went and I tried to find it, and I tried to make it run on Linux, and I wasn't that interested, but he told me all this shit about all these hundreds and 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 hundreds of hours that he spent in Dwarf Fortress, which was, back then, a top-down, basically a terminal style game. It was like, at least that's the quality of the graphics back in the day-day. And I could never get it to run on Linux and it was free I think it was free and I, I know I could have either done it with DOSBox or maybe Lutris or something like that but it, it just you know other shit came up and I didn't care why was Dwarf Fortress one of Captain Ford's favorite games of all time as I mentioned Captain Ford loves Factorio he loves optimizing Processes. He loves exploring organization and managing systems and developing and creating complex systems and stuff. One of the reasons why I don't play more Factorio is because, like, that's that's used basically like used to be my day job. Like ninety nine percent of the time, in the last ten fucking years, I've been fucking coding something for someone. Anyway. And so, like, I have kind of eschewed those games, but I love Factorio. Now, Dwarf Fortress is not Factorio. Dwarf Fortress, I think this is how Captain Ford and I got started talking about Dwarf Fortress. Man, it's gotta be like three or four years ago. I'm developing the hiccups right now. This is not good. But Kevin Ford was like... I think it was right around the time that RimWorld came out. I'm like, fuck this game. This game is nasty trash. I hate RimWorld. RimWorld is a terrible franchise and a terrible game, and if you're not... If, if, if you disagree with me, then you are probably playing it in a heavily modded format. If you're playing vanilla RimWorld, that game sucks. And then every expansion from for RimWorld has been uninspiring to me because the core mechanics of that game suck. The idea of Rimworld is is ripped immediately is ripped directly from Dwarf Fortress basically. Dwarf Fortress which goes back to 1997. Um you don't actually control any of the dwarves. You have like six dwarves or whatever. When you start to, when you start a new game, you are injected into random wilderness randomly procedurally generated wilderness of enormous scope and scale that before you even do anything already has like 500, 100 to 500 years of history and lore that is also procedurally generated you don't have to pay attention to too much of that shit but then you're in like everything that Rimworld aspired to be So you don't actually control any individual dwarf. You just tell all the dwarves what to do. Like in general, you're like, okay go plant trees, dig us a fucking base and then mine us a bunch of shit and then also build all these fucking different workshops and stuff and they'll make it happen. They'll just make it happen. Dwarf Fortress does... Something that RimWorld, I don't know why. Oh, I do know why. Because RimWorld is a piece of shit and was made by shitty developers who just want thought they were more clever than the people who made Dwarf Fortress and just ripped off Dwarf Fortress basically. Dwarf Fortress is a thousand times, a trillion times better. than. There's nothing as good as Dwarf Fortress. I've only played Dwarf Fortress which is, by the way, $30 and now runs on Linux and is available on Steam. I've only played it for two hours but that's a lot of time when you're playing at like maximum time advance speed The interface for Dwarf Fortress isn't that easy, and the tutorials are not that um, straightforward and or good, because they interfere with all the interface stuff that you kind of want to do, but they do a decent job of explaining the very, 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 very basics to you. I actually really love Dwarf Fortress. I could play Dwarf Fortress for, for those of you who, uh, do any modeling, like, you know, if you do, uh, any, uh, clay modeling, if you do any sculpting or anything like that, one of my favorite things to do these days, this, this week since Dwarf Fortress came to Linux via Steam, it's 30 bucks. But one of my favorite things to do is Dwarf Fortress set up huge amounts of all sorts of different tasks and shit. Then start, let, you know, keep playing the game, play. It'll keep playing until people, you know, it'll keep going. It'll just keep going. Then start modeling some shit. Looking every looking up every now and then to see what's going on in the Dwarf Fortress world, and then maybe doing a few keystrokes like, go up a level or down a level to see what's happening on the surface or whatever, and see what resources, you know, blah, just to get a general sense of the progress made in the tasks that I've assigned. Um, and then just keep sculpting and keep, keep you know, re- rinse, wash, repeat that cycle for, you know, forever. Last night I did it for fucking an hour and a half, or not an hour and a half, for over an hour while I was getting high. It was... Absolutely fantastic. In fact, that's why I'm going to do as soon as we're done with this week's episode of the show. But anyway, unlike Rimworld, Dwarf Fortress gives you way finer grain control over each individual dwarf in your dwarf civilization. If you wish, but it doesn't actually allow you to physically control them. It allows you to set up work orders and areas where things get deposited and you can set up machines and workshops and you can assign certain dwarves to man those workshops and man those things. You can set up dwarves that just fucking gather shit and take it down into your massive stockpiles. All of which, or none of which, depending on how you want to do it for me, like I I just... I just have tons of massive all stockpiles, but everything about Dwarf Fortress is wait, let's see, so 22 years, so 25 years 25 years of programming has gone into Dwarf Fortress, and the, um, this latest iteration brings really great graphics you know they're not really great great but like they're they're much better than like the dos kind of looking console terminal style um net hack type of shit that everyone who fans of the game from back in the day will remember so 25 years of polish has gone into dwarf fortress and it shows like it's kind of difficult to figure out like how to do certain things at first but then you can make it sing you can make your dwarves handle a complex litany of tasks that range from making furniture to um making furniture to harvesting all these resources to you know digging out the mines to man all in a top down two dimensional sprite based uh Game with uh, real time weather and seasons and historical events and cycles and you can get them drunk. You can. It's one of the most complicated tech trees I've ever seen in my entire life, but it's not. It's all available to you from the very beginning. It doesn't. It's not. You know. It's just. It's. It's just dependent on the resources that you have and and stuff like that. So. It's like Rimworld. It's like everything that Rimworld aspired to be. And I'm fucking blown away. And I finally can play it on Linux. So that's Dwarf Fortress, which is 30 bucks. And if you want to blow 30 bucks on yourself and you thought you liked Rimworld, man, I'm sorry. If you liked Rimworld, then i don't know why you're listening to this fucking podcast because you and i and our definition of what a good game is oh man just by the if you you know it'd be like if you know if we were looking if i was looking for a date on tinder and i saw i love Rimworld, i swipe left immediately fuck you you know we're not gonna like each other but anyway not that i judge but Rimworld's nasty trash. Dwarf Fortress is fucking amazing. The situations and scenarios that uh, Captain Ford told me about, you know, three or four years ago, that he experienced in Dwarf Fortress, some of them were so amazingly detailed and complicated, none of it is scripted like one time he he lost most of his dwarves after a cave-in in in his gigantic fucking mead brewery and so his dwarves couldn't get out but he didn't know that they couldn't get out and that was like half of the dwarves that he had and so then they start getting attacked but now he doesn't realize that they're being flooded because there was a cave-in there was a water cave-in thing or something like that and so he didn't know that they were in trouble and they were going to starve to death or something, and all they did was get drunk and they drank themselves to death because they couldn't get out because he didn't tell them to fucking dig the, their way out of this enormous brewery and, and it was just a huge cascading uh, series of events, and that is as simple as I can put it. Check out Dwarf Fortress. It's nuts. Now we're going to talk about the Steam Awards, the 2022 Steam Awards. I've worked based in with the feature. God damn it. Do you think? Oh my God. It's the Bolivia! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, spooky. Okay, so the 20, uh, 2022 Steam Awards were on December 8th, so three days ago. And they had it... I took some interest... I I don't know if they're interesting, but I took some notes because this was a very bizarre Steam Awards. On the one hand, they had... The coolest gimmick that they've ever had. So if you've never heard this show, if you're if you're not familiar with our Steam Awards coverage and the way we feel about the Steam Awards, year over year they've gotten consistently better, more or less. And it's always been like my you know, I, I kind of really want the Steam Awards to be a big deal. For numerous reasons. The biggest of which is that it bring it shows good. He used to, my feeling is that the Steam Awards present to your average gamer who's probably a lot younger than I am. I'm a fucking old man. Probably someone like your age. I don't know. I have no idea. you're probably an old man too, or an old woman. You're probably some fucking uh, bespeckled crone hateful, poisoning children and anxious to uh, greet uh, wayfaring strangers into your home during the Christmas holidays so you can boil them and eat their skin and feast on their eyes. I don't know. I'm just trying to make our audience sound like negative bastards. Anyway... What's the purpose of Steam? Steam, I mean, well, what do I, what do we love so much about Steam is that Steam is a gateway drug to Linux. And it also breaks down the biggest barrier for people who want to make the switch out of Windows, hate Macintosh, because it's just like, that's like switching from, you know, a desert From being, you know, from starving, uh, dying of thirst in a desert to being shot into outer space in a rocket where you will die of lack of oxygen and starvation, you know, going from Windows to Macintosh. But then Steam adopts Linux and it changes the entire shape of the marketplace. So ever since the Steam Awards inception, I've always thought that they need to do more to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And they have year over year. They've done a great job. This year they pulled out all the stops because this year was the first year they had the Steam Deck. And so what they did this year was if you had registered before, you know, it was very simple to register. You just, you know, do you did it through the client, the Steam client. If you registered for the giveaway. And you are watching the Steam Awards. Your name might come up, and you might win a free Steam Deck if you're watching in real time, or something like that. I showed up to the Steam Awards. I forgot that it was December. I actually it wasn't that I forgot. It was that I thought that they were on a different code. I I I got the time zones mixed up for some reason, and so I missed the first. I don't know. I want to say it was like a three and a half hour long show, or maybe it was just right at three. I don't know. But I missed like the first hour and 20 or 30 minutes, something like that. I watched like an hour and a half of it. And I was surprised because the way they did this giveaway thing for the Steam Decks was every minute underneath the video, every 60 seconds, they would say, you know, Congratulations to, you know, Dr. Mephisto, our latest Steam Deck winner. Next Steam Deck winner will be drawn in and there's a constant countdown. So they so over the course of 3 hours, 3 hours at 60 minutes, 180 fucking Steam Decks. That's pretty awesome. That and it, and it made it very compelling for me to watch even though like I knew that there were that, the, you know, probably no chance that I I would win, but whatever. Um, there, were, there were a couple of close calls there, though, where I thought because I wasn't wearing my glasses at a certain point I was, I was, and I thought that my name had come up. But anyway, this meant that, like, I was pretty glued to it once I joined the stream, and it it's a brilliant fucking uh, direct. What do you call it? Quid pro quo for the uh, for the synaptic uh, activity associated with any individual's attention span to get fucking viewers to make the Steam Awards bigger and better, which I support because not only does it help Linux and stuff, and not anything that helps Steam helps Linux, and anything that Linux does to help Steam helps Linux. And beyond that, Steam helps video games overall. Or so I thought. Because, you know, it's a, it's a democratic marketplace that doesn't require relationships with wholesalers or distributors the way it used to be before we started this podcast um, Steam has broken open the digital marketplace for gaming and has destroyed the release cycle and made it possible for independent developers of starting from as small, literally it's now a realistic possibility to be a one man developer and do this shit um and that's mainly because of Steam and also, you know, the advanced, uh, development technologies and IDEs that are available and the, the, simplification and formalization of, you know, the way we do things in video games, uh, like with, you know, Unity and, you know, all, all the, all, all the different game goto and, um, scratch and etc and just the the higher level language nature of all this stuff along with free and open source blender makes it all very much more manageable in fact I would say the blend trees in Unity alone allow you to do the work that took Jordan Meshner fucking seven years to do you could do it in you know a month once you know what you're doing um Blentries, animation Blentries are incredible. So, the other thing, though, about the Steam Awards, is that it's like the People's Choice Awards. Or so I thought. In that, the viewers, the the gamers the actual public it was to my mind the steam awards are supposed to be the only game award show that can actually compete with the oscars i would say it's bigger than avn and i've covered avn for a lot of years i'm not doing it this year probably never doing it again um avn for those you don't know is the oscars of porn held here in vegas every january usually um So, having a People's Choice Awards, a People's Choice Awards style award show for video games where the players nominate the titles, we don't get to create the categories, but we get to nominate the titles for each category, um, and then have a real award show is a unique thing. And it, I think that's good for the gaming industry. I thought, you know, I think it's good for the gaming industry. It's a, it's good for the consumer. It's good for, um, it's good all the way around. It's a win, 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 win. This year's Steam Awards were fucking bizarre. Now it, it reminded me of like a. Okay, I'm just gonna go through my notes here because we're running long. I guess. Fuck you, Ivor. Um. So, my first my first note here. I'm just gonna read you my notes, and these aren't necessarily in uh, shit. I you your fire. You should have fucking taken these. I have two pages of notes here. First, my first thought was the guy who was like the main MC guy for the show. One needs to buy a fucking real suit. He's wearing this fucking blue velour, perfectly tailored. Generic looking, it was so fucking disgusting. Velour, shiny, um, fucking full on suit and sneakers, which is like the uniform for anyone who, uh, any corporate fuckface who has to accept an award. All of them were wearing similar things, but generally, but the, the main presenter guy, the MC guy was just his suit was terrible. And I maybe that's just a function of me having learned to sew and making all these clothes over the last many months, but um, so yeah, I jumped in two hours in, but uh, the one deck, one deck every minute thing, which is not going to be something that they can rely on for forever, ensured a big, big fucking audience, like, in terms of, like, what would, uh, underneath, like, in the Steam, or uh, on the, on the web page or in the Steam client, wherever, which way you watched it, you could see how many viewers there were of that stream at That moment in real time. And uh, when I first joined, which is like an hour and a half ish before the end of the show, um, there were like, you know, 220,000 people. It peaked towards the last uh, 10 minutes of the show at something like 340,000 people watching live. That was interesting. Um, So, and it didn't fluctuate as much as you might think. Although, the last 20 minutes before the last 10 minutes of the show it was a huge drop-off. It went down to like 120,000. Like, they lost 200,000. They lost like a 100,000 viewers. But then they got them all back for the last 10 minutes because everyone wanted to see. My biggest problem and I mean, I, I still love the Steam Awards. I still love the idea of the Steam Awards but my biggest problem with this year's Steam Awards was that all of the things that I just laid out as being like the objectives and why you should like the Steam Awards, basically none of that actually occurred. So what do I mean? There were so many games that were nominated and that won that were not even available on Steam as a platform. So that's the other... uh, uh, By the way, that's what I meant to say earlier. The other great thing about the Steam Awards is that it brings people to Steam and shows them and shows off, ostensibly highlights the best things from that year that are available on the platform. It elevates the platform. You know, no pun intended. It's like a Switch. It elevates the platform. Like the Bee Gees. Um, But so many fucking games. Not only the games that were nominated and not only the games that won, but also like, and if you've ever watched the Steam Awards before, this year seemed way more dominated even than, like, the earliest years of the Steam Awards uh, by big-budget, massive trailers for games that will not run on Steam. Not only not this year, not next year, but maybe ever. In fact, there's a lot of Nintendo games that I'm sure will never run on Steam. I'm not sure, but you, you know the deal. Um... Some of those, tra- a lot of those trailers were really awesome though. Like, I mean, there was Diablo, uh, four, what really caught my eye. It's crazy. It didn't show any gameplay. It just had this immensely big budgeted, long winded, really dramatic, awesome fucking demonic trailer. Uh, <coughs> uh, Warhammer 40k, there was another trailer that really, uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marines 2, really caught my eye, it's first person shooter, you know blah, it's a sequel to Warhammer, blah blah Meet Your Maker, looked really interesting, which is a game in which you build and design like a fortress, an impregnable fortress with a, you know, hidden core, you can fill it with traps and minions and stuff, and then people will try to invade your fortress and you have to let your defensive systems destroy them it looks really neat and there was some gameplay footage of that um horizon forbidden west looked balls. armored core 6 looked balls too but there's no guarantee and as you're watching this stuff you're like wait a minute these games aren't really going to come out on steam so what's the point so then also i i loved I, I, I love the production value of the show overall. I love that they got so many eyeballs for, um, in exchange for, you know, 180 Steam decks or whatever. Um, that's a good part, but the bad part was, so much of this show is not about Steam or even games that currently or have run on steam and so th- there were nominee there, there 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 were there were titles that were nominated in categories that we could not only uh, I never could have nominated cuz they don't run on linux and i therefore i can't fucking own them on steam it made me wonder what's the point of all the fucking uh nomination restrictions for the steam awards when they just insert, they have to be inserted. Like, okay, we'll talk more about that in a moment. But I love the nominee, I, I love most of the nominees for every major category. Um, and I, I I mostly really love the winners. There was no winner for a major award that I hated. Um, Stray one. and by the way, you know, if you haven't heard, you know, I'm going to tell you some of the winners. Stray won Best Indie Game. Fuck yes. Um, but lots of games that weren't even on the platform it made the whole thing feel embarrassing. Um, like God of War Ragnarok won a ton of fucking awards. We can't play God of War Ragnarok even though everyone else in the entire world... So how does that get nominated for the Steam Awards? Um, yeah, Horizon... Zero, uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West isn't on the platform how is it you know, it's a coming attraction anyway um, but there were some games that are on the platform best game of the year, Elden Ring bam, that runs on Linux so that's great um, Bayonetta 3 won best action game of the year I would love to play Ban- Banetta Three. Why isn't it on Steam? So if Steam is sucking the dicks, because ideally this would go- work the other way around. It would be that by exerting soft power and having this giant award show, Steam would be showing the rest of the world, the, and especially an audience of you know the multinational corporations that don't even know what the fuck they're doing in terms of game development and publishing because they don't they no longer care which is kind of the greatest thing about steam is that it broke the back of activision and fucking uh uh uh, 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 uh elder scrolls and all all that shit sequelitis all that shit went out the window because now it was, but I mean fucking uh zelda tears of the kingdom and Valorant and all these games got nominated and won big awards like uh, Zelda Tears of the Tears of the Kingdom or whatever won best most heavily anticipated game of next year it's not going to be on fucking Steam so you have Steam sucking the dicks of the people that they're supposed to be pushing around in a friendly kind of way and that kind of defeats both purposes. And, uh, also I had some problems with the esports things. Uh, d- oh yeah. Uh, and, and some things, some problems with the categories. Best debut and best indie game should have gone to vampires or no. No, best debut indie game should have gone to vampire survivors. Uh, that's the only m- major big, you know, where I had skin in the game, that I really think that they fucked that up. Um And, like, and also, this all throws into doubt, like, how much of this is actually based off of our input, you know, the gamers' input, and how much of this is just fucking a corporate jerk-off circle jerk festival where they're gonna give away 180 Steam decks to buy viewership for a corporate jerk-off that does not help Steam and doesn't reflect anyone who actually is very much involved in Steam and Steam Gaming. Also, all esports awards were insulting and stupid and went to games that were also off-platform, there were fucking 12 esport categories. There was like 5, or 3, or 4, or something like that. There are 12 esport categories, but no dedicated category for racing. Racing games got bunched into sports games, not esports. So best sport game of the year went to Gran Turismo 7, a game that does not run... Uh, you, you feeling me? You feeling me here? Gran Turismo Seven, a game that is not available on Steam, won best sports game of the year versus other like actual traditional sports. You know, when I think sport, so like they need a racing game, racing game category. Like that's not a sports game, that's a racing game. And beyond that, because of that fact, it was up against games that were not anything like it. It was the only game in which, you know, in that category. And it was very stupid, because, like, I would think that Ride 4, or Ride, would be, was, is it called Ride, or Ride, uh, I don't know if that came out this year or last year. Ride 4, I'm not sure if it came out this year or last year. But anyway, like, it would be nice if that, you know, blah. There are 12 esports categories, yeah, no dedicated category for racing, Um, I was pleased with the viewership at least, you know, just from what I saw Um, it was hard to tell what they're going for with these awards and, you know, are they trying to promote the platform? If they were, they failed. Uh, If they're trying to increase soft power and market cash, cache and influence over the major uh, AAA developers, that was an epic fail because they gave them everything that they wanted you know, they're promoting all these games that aren't even running on the fucking system. And uh, are they trying to give a People's Choice like platform for games? That was a total failure because there were games that weren't even nominatable that won ma- major awards and were nominated. I don't know how that works. Like that, that, that sticks in my craw. That like feels like they're just fucking packing whatever the fuck they want in. Um, are they trying to help legitimize the art form? That's a kinda. They kinda did. Cause there really is no other major video game awards. They, I mean, they're, you know, man. It's just, but if they were just trying to promote the Steam Deck, that was also actually an epic win. But it was the same old challenges that, you know, we've seen year after year, but like amplified, you know, like in order to draw in view gamers to Linux, which is like the whole idea, you gotta appeal across platforms. I understand that, because you know, if you're trying to appeal to people who aren't on your platform yet, you need to show them stuff from their platform to kind of lure them in, you know what I mean? But that has to be a very fine there's a very fine line between we're luring them into we're just fucking sucking their dicks. And ignoring everyone who actually does use our platform and does support us and has, you know, not, I, uh, ironically enough, this year I didn't nominate any, you know, so it's hard to attract new users, I guess, with award shows where almost none of the winners, uh, run on Steam or vice versa, but, Ninety plus minutes of fucking promos and coming soon's for games with no scheduled Steam release or any prospect of a Steam release really suck. Because it was like for me especially, and I, I'm sure that everyone, all of our listeners who don't, you know, fucking cover this shit week in week out for ten fucking years. And yes, this is going to be our tenth year. Um, they, we still feel this like we try to avoid certain coverage of certain types of games because we know that it's not available on Steam and that it's probably never coming to Steam i.e. Marauders which ran on Steam and now they told me to go fuck myself so like you would think that like when you watch the Steam Awards it would be a love fest for Steam but so many awards went to games that weren't either available on Steam at the time and like, we're talking about major awards I'm glad that they didn't do it for like the big, biggest awards like Game of the Year, Elden Ring um, which is cool, I think that's a good pick uh, Elden Ring I mean, you just ask Blaster BPR, he loves Elden Ring, I don't think Elden Ring should have won a little bit, all the um, God of War Ragnarok shit there, Ragnarok is not there has no scheduled release date on Steam so, good luck. I mean, fucking 2018 was when fucking the, the last God of War game came out, and it came out this year, in January. Spoiler alert. I should give you a hint about what you might about what you might be able to come expect next week on this year's show. So, it was a mixed bag. And it sucks when you see trailers and promos and stuff for upcoming titles, but you know that they're not meant for you. And that sucks because it's like, man, I really want to play that game, but I don't have time for anything that doesn't run on Steam. So Steam made a lot of time for games that weren't actually on their platform. It should not have been called the Steam Awards, I don't think. We'll see how they do next year. There's always next year. I'm pleased they had such big viewership, and I'm congratulations to everyone who won a Steam Deck. 180 Steam Decks is nothing to laugh, nothing to sneeze at. Check back next week. We will do our game of the Games of the Year Awards. I'm not still not sure exactly how we're going to structure it this year. I'm going to go back and listen to last year and try to remember. But uh, that's our show for this week. Uh, check out Dwarf Fortress F- please download Fuck Hitler it's free, get it through your Steam right. and check out Assassin's Creed Valhalla before January 5th, that game is awesome catch you next week and as ever, have a happy and safe and healthy holiday season uh, Chris McConica, Wanza Ramadanamus Snow Festival of Lights and we'll be back next week Business bad? Fuck you, pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you, pay me. place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you, pay me. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, maybe Farmer. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go, yada yada the oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yada, oh, four or five times. Matt Damon. After receiving the host, marauding choir boys, half drunk on the blood of Christ, stalk unwary pensioners and seek havoc. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. fucking ponderous man ponderous fucking ponderous it only runs on linux it's not a problem you alienated part of america i alienated crazy people i like it very much it is i eb farm you're becoming hysterical i'm here i'm there i'm fucking everywhere i'm the Eggman. Now you listen, now you listen, for you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles, and you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines, and you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes, and you're going to wear a girdle, and especially a girdle. The Best Linux Games Podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die